0: You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. (laughs) Hey guys, before we get started on the podcast, I wanted to make a quick announcement for Michael McIntyre's new ebook called Tough Times Don't Last, But Tough People Do. This resource is being made available for free and it's meant to be an encouragement for these times that we're all going through. Here's your chance to refocus, repurpose, and retool yourself to prosper for these times and beyond. Please go visit the themichaelmcintyre.com, click the eBooks tab, and get yours absolutely free. This is the Next Level Podcast, a place for business leaders, entrepreneurs, and dreamers to be empowered for an abundant kingdom life. Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Hey, welcome everybody. This is Michael McIntyre, your humble host of the Next Level Podcast. And man, oh man, oh man, do I have a guest interviewer here for you. It's my good friend Peter Lewis, is the founder of Braveheart Ministries in Dallas, Texas. Peter works locally and internationally to train and equip the church for works of ministry, to preach the gospel, to be the catalyst for revival. Yeah, he's the author of two books. Back to the Gospel, which is amazing, and Back to Pentecost, which is another amazing book. And Peter has a diverse background as a professional athlete. I want to hear about that, Peter. A businessman, consulting, pastoring, and teaching, which gives him unique leadership, insights, and perspective. Peter regularly partners with a handful of churches and ministries in the greater Dallas Fort Worth area, including Upper Room, where I met you, and Christ for the Nation, CFNI, amazing institution. And he regularly speaks at conferences and revivals across the nation and over in other nations too, like India. Peter lives in Dallas with his amazing, beautiful wife, Christy, and their five Kids, man, I you guys are amazing with these five kids. Are you having more, Peter? (laughs) Uh, I can't, I can't say. (laughs) So you got, you've got your Mormon starter kit going. I know that. I love that. Possibly, we'll see. Yeah. Well, welcome, my man. Welcome, brother. I'm so honored that you're here this morning and uh, or today uh, on the Next Level Podcast. And uh, Stacey and I, we love you and Christy, and we've gotten to know you. I think. I think we first met you back in 2012 when we first showed up at Upper Room, and I know that uh, the Upper Room that we were in above the veterinary clinic, because our first time there, and I think it was your first time actually preaching, wasn't it that night? One of the one of the first, I think so. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, and I remember because I came in there with uh, my three daughters, Brittany, Brianna, and Stacey and I, and of course we were brand new there, and it was a small gathering, uh, maybe 150, 200 people at the most, and so. I remember you getting up there and making this amazing sermon, man. It's like this, this, and I'm looking at you, and you, and you know, I know you're young, but you look really young. God bless you with that. And so I'm looking at you, and I'm thinking, because at the time Brittany was single, and I'm thinking, okay, because I'm as a dad, as a Christian dad, I'm looking for godly men for my daughters, right? And I'm thinking man, this guy, he's on fire. He's a good preacher. He's a good looking kid. He loves Jesus. And look at him. He's got a J-O-B. Come on, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm I'm matchmaking in my mind here, but then to come and find out, of course, you're married to the amazing, beautiful Christy. But that was my first impression of you and how, how you came to the Lord, Peter, and how your story on the bus and how God just spoke, the Holy Spirit just spoke to you it was just amazing. So for some, I know a lot of people know you, I know you're worldly, internationally famous, but there's some people maybe on Next Level <laughs> Podcast that hasn't heard of the great Peter Lewis. So could you give us a brief background on how you came to where you're at, man? Yeah, for sure. First of all, thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. Uh love you and Stacy so much and what you guys are doing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I grew up in the church, grew up in the, the buckle of the Bible belt. Uh, really, am so grateful for my upbringing. My mom and dad love Jesus and still love Jesus and going strong uh, and, and been married a long time. And so, um, you know, everything we have in the Christian faith is given to us. Um, it's by grace. And so, you know, it's what Jesus told his disciples. We were reaping where we didn't sow. And, and that's how I feel my, uh, my life is, Michael, is that so much of, of what I have and the blessing and, the, and the, just the peace in my heart and the love and relationships is because of mothers and fathers that have gone before me and really labored in prayer, um, mm-hmm. in training, um, and in discipline. Can I say that word on this podcast? I know I can. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. In 2020, can I say the word discipline?
1: Come
0: on, and, baby, and, bring it. And so I, I mean, I, I like I mentioned, I grew up, or you, you mentioned it in the bio there. I mean, I grew up with a passion for soccer. I had no grid for ministry. I was a, I was a soccer uh, fanatic. When I was seven years old, I told my mom and dad I was going to play professionally, and they kind of chuckled, <laughs> uh, you know, because I was just kind of a right. scrawny little white, white kid. I, I never had any sort of freak, uh, you know, whatever speed or Anything otherwise, it would have said I could have done that, um, you know, but you'll appreciate this. And i shared this with you. My dad, I remember when I was like in 10th grade and I was uh, I was good. I wasn't great at soccer, but I still had these dreams. So, you know, however many years later, 10 years later right Uh, to play professional and and um you know i i wouldn't work that hard i i I didn't have work ethic i just kind of had you know (laughs) some skill and i'll never forget this michael you'll appreciate this this changed my life my dad came to me one day and he said son he said, he said, your dreams are up here. And my dad's six, seven, and he held his hand way up high, his left hand way up high. And he goes, but your work ethic is down here. <laughs> I love he held it. his right hand down by his waist. And he said, listen, if you want to accomplish your dreams and desires, you're going to have to raise your work ethic. You can control that uh, up to match uh, what your dreams are. And he goes, I don't care it's what so you good. do, because I'm going to support you no matter what, whether you, you know, want to want to learn an instrument or or apply yourself to to school or sport he goes i'll support you but you're going to learn to work no matter what and that really marked me so uh, that's good that that was a real pivot point for me well i know your dad and i know your mom you are you are parented and fathered well and uh, that that means so much to people and you received it too and obviously you did because you did have the skill level but you were you would count on that a lot and kind of phone it in as far as work ethic so i get that and uh but yeah, that's awesome, man. I love that, that your dad really, really fathered you well in that moment. And I'll say this. It wasn't the first time. It was probably the hundredth time he had said something similar. <laughs> but, but you know, because I think yeah. some dads out there are like, man, I've been saying that. But but it, it finally clicked for me. And and it really set a principle in my life uh, and in my heart and, and eventually in my spirituality um, that has served me really, really well through some really hard seasons over the last you know i guess you know 20 years since then so good so yeah and you know as you know i mean uh you're a young man and and, you know when we were over at upper room together i mean it was really a lot of millennials young millennials and and as you know there was sometimes everybody would want to soak all day and you know five days a week and you know which is cool but also somebody's got to get up and sweep right And so uh, you know, and that's I think when I came into that deal, I remember, you know, it was kind of a shock and awe (laughs) situation. And and so, uh but yeah, I kinda brought in your dad's uh principle into that upper room atmosphere at that time. Well, and I think it bore so much fruit, you know. I mean I think I think it created a culture of, of, of excellence and of diligence and working hard with your hands and just some of the practical stuff that we take for granted that we don't think is as spiritual, but when you really study the word and, and, and God, it's things that honor him, you know, because it's so uh, true. It's the nature of God. He's a God of order. Yeah. Amen. I love it. So in in that process, <laughs> excuse me, in that process of what happened with uh, this professional, I mean, you became a professional athlete, right? You made it, you made your dream. You, you proved them, you proved your statement true. Uh Yeah. I mean, my, so that, that summer I worked out every summer by myself. I went up to the the high school field, put the net up, practiced. And, and that next, my junior year, I had a breakout year and, and got all sorts of accolades, scored all sorts of goals and got recognized. And I thought, man, that feels good. (laughs) You know, it feels good to work hard and accomplish something. And so um, I thought to myself, if I keep getting better every every week, just a little bit, because whenever I would uh, get on a new team, Michael, I was never the best guy on the team. Never, mm. I was never the, the the top star. There was always a top dog that was better, faster, more skilled. <laughs> and so, but what I what I told myself and what I believed was, if I kept ticking up the ladder and I didn't stop getting better, that eventually I would become elite. And I could I could Mm. bypass some of those other guys who maybe were were growing stagnant in their work ethic because they were so good. And that is what happened. I ended up playing D one at Coastal Carolina University in South Carolina. And then I got drafted by FC Dallas. Um and I played for about six months as a reserve player. And then I went over to Finland and I played two and a half seasons in the in the professional ranks over in, in Finland um, which for me was just, I mean, it was living the dream. Anytime you get paid to play a game, um, you know, that's a, that's a good deal. So. Totally. Absolutely. I mean, that's hitting a pinnacle right there, man. I mean, it must've been awesome. It was so fun. And I got married right during that time. So I literally, you know, married my bride and swept her off to Finland. And we kind of had like a, <laughs> like a two and a half year long honeymoon. Just, you know, I had just a few hours of training a day and, uh would travel occasionally but we got to spend so much time together and that was really foundational for our marriage so good that's so awesome and so in that process then then what happened to turn the events to you starting a new career yeah so i mean to my spiritual life um because that's really where where the where the story picks up is uh, right before i met my wife uh, about 3 months before i was in a i was probably the lowest spot i'd ever been at the mm. end of 2005 I was uh, horribly addicted to pornography. Uh on the outside everyone knew me as the good Christian kid, but right. on the inside I was getting dominated by by guilt, shame, lust, condemnation, feeling like man I'm such a hypocrite. And mm. and finally Michael I got I got really angry at the Lord. December of '05, i I'll never forget it i i was reading his word and i and i saw how it said he's powerful and mighty to save and stronger than my enemies in the psalms and i and i put the bible down and i stopped and i yelled at god and i said god you're not more powerful than this i hate this addiction i don't want it and you're not mm. saving me and i don't know what to do and wow. so i said you know and what i had done in the past was i don't know if people can relate to this but with with a sin struggle a sin cycle specifically as a believer. The, the hardest thing to do is go to God right after you screw up and do what you know you shouldn't have done. I mean, right. it's, it feels like impossible. And for me, right. uh, some people laugh at this, but I would take, if I would ever screw up and, and, and give in to that, to the lust and the, and the sexual addiction, I would give a, at least a day, sometimes two days before I would go back <laughs> and spend time with God. And in, and in my mind, that was letting the, kind of like, let me let the dust of his anger settle. And then I'll yes. come back and kind of write the shit you know right right and and, right. and it's funny now, it's funny now, but it was so yeah. real then, and so I had totally. such a works oh such a works based mindset that when I screwed up God was mad, when I did yeah. good, God was happy with me, mm-hmm. and uh it left me depressed, and i you know there was times I had you know suicidal thoughts and wow. Uh, and so, so what culminated, uh, in that season of, of crying out to the Lord in, in March of 06, I had a, I had a power encounter with the Holy Spirit and God delivered me. Um, and it was mm. about three months, uh, after I got really real with God and said, God, here's the deal. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a chance to save me. And so I'm not going to run from you anymore. And the moment I sin, if you can't save me, then no one can, and I, and I need a different God. I need a different system. And so I determined wow. in my heart that every time I sinned, I was going to run to God the next moment. And and Michael, it felt so weird.
1: I mean, <laughs> I it
0: felt it so. He I had. would like screw up, look at pornography, and I remember the first time I did it, I was like, I literally fell on my knees, and I said, God, look at me. Here I am. I'm coming mm, to you. Come on. I need help. Man and That's the so devil real. was raging so my real. flesh was raging yeah um but but I'll tell you that that moment that moment is where I learned that God can actually handle handle us in in our darkest stuff like he Come on, he's man. a big god he's a big god yeah. and he can handle it and yes, uh, and are. he did handle it on the cross and so that led me that led me uh to that power encounter that changed my life in 2006 for good i was filled with the holy spirit it was like my faith became living color um it it was just it was (laughs) remarkable so that i love that and it's so real and it's so raw and that's what i love about you peter you bring this thing out because listen everybody has struggles everybody has issues we all do we all have thoughts that we don't want to have we all have these things that can happen to us and and it's so true that you know uh you know we get, we, we do something and we we are ashamed and that's the enemy coming at us. That's the enemy that wants to separate us from our father. Right. And you know, we've got to put in what you did is you plowed through that fear, that shame, that guilt and said, father, here I am with all my ugliness, with everything I got on me. And in with the enemy screaming on your flesh, he comes in there and he that's that Holy Spirit working to you, man. I just love that, Peter. That is so profound. And I know there's people out there listening right now that need to hear that, that it's so right for this moment for them, that there is, don't be shameful. Don't come to your father with all of all of it. Be vulnerable. It's so much courage in that vulnerability, right? Yeah. Mean, and it's, yeah. It's so relieving when you bring yourself into the light. I didn't care if he struck me down dead. I, that's how desperate I was. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? You get so, to a point yeah. where you get so tired of living in the dark and getting beat up by the devil. And so, yep. you know, I know there's people listening that have secret sins and dark sins. And yep. and the fear of, of that getting out and the consequences. What's my, you know, what's my friend going to think? What's my spouse or mom going to think? And 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 that fear keeps them in the dark. And it's a miserable so existence. True. And there's oh. life in the light. You know, even through consequences and pain there's life on the other side. So good. So good, man. I love the way you say that. Now tell me, I want, I want our audience to hear about this, this particular encounter in your life. Cause I think it was profound because after you, you know, after I think you had an injury in soccer and you, and you got, you had to switch that deal. Is that right? You had a ACL blowout. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. When I got drafted by FC Dallas, I, I, Partially tore my MCL. And so that power encounter I had in 06 was actually a healing conference here in Dallas that my wow. brother took me to. And so I was like, you know, and all that was new to me. I grew up a Bible church kid, so I didn't know, you know, God was still in the business of healing or prophetic right. words or, you know, any of that stuff. And so when my brother uh, brought me there, I was like, wow, like, is, you know, maybe he'll heal my knee. That would be legit, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so that was yeah, right. actually the impetus the impetus to going to that conference and i ended up getting you know my knee and my heart healed and um and it was just you know yeah i mean it was powerful it changed the course of my entire life that one encounter so cool so i know you know you, i know you so i'm going to share a little bit about i'm going to brag on you a little bit you're very very smart you're very intelligent and, uh, you're an amazing speaker, you, you know, it, but you weren't always that great of a speaker. You were, in fact, you were afraid to speak for a long time. And, uh, I think at one time you were working for a law firm and this hit you on the bus. Can you share that story with us? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, people don't believe it now because I speak for a living. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I kid you not, um, my family and, you know, people that knew me prior to, you know, that encounter in, in 06 would testify, um, man, I'm shy, introverted, afraid of speaking out. Um, so one morning I was riding the uh, dart train downtown where I worked uh, at a bankruptcy law firm and uh, I heard the, just the whisper of the Lord and he said, I want you to speak and tell these people I love them. And I was standing at the front of the train like a, like it was a pulpit, you know, everyone sitting down reading their papers. And I thought to myself, that's not God. And I completely ignored the voice. And that weekend I went to a, a church service and the guy was speaking and he said, he said, hey, he said, who wants to hear the voice of God? Who wants to learn how to hear the voice of God? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah I do. And the guy said this, I'll never forget it. He said, the first voice you hear is God's voice. He said, The second voice you hear is your own voice questioning whether or not you heard God's voice. And so the good. third voice you hear is the devil trying to convince you that you're right. And I thought, Oh, I love man. that. That's what happened. God spoke. I questioned it. And the devil convinced me that that wasn't God. And so, so I knew good. that was a Saturday morning. And I knew come Monday morning, he was going to speak to me. And so I was in the shower and I said, God, you got to give me a, something to stand on. I, I, this is not me, I'm not a street preacher. I'm not a preacher. I'm, I'm a, I'm a paralegal. I'm a former <laughs> professional athlete gone paralegal. This is, you got the wrong idea. And, uh, and he just, I just heard in my heart, uh, as clear as day, Proverbs 28, one, and it mm. was not on my heart. I didn't know what it said. So I went to my Bible and it says this. It says, the wicked man flees though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion.
1: Come and on. I thought,
0: wow. And I said, and the Lord spoke to me, he said, son, if you saw yourself rightly, the people should be afraid of you, not the other way around. Um, And I said, brother." And so I said, okay. And so I'd like to, I'd like to testify that uh, when I stood up that morning to speak, I did not feel as bold as a lion. I still felt (laughs) uh, like running, but I took a little baby step of faith and with my, my face turning beet red and me trembling, literally shaking, adrenaline coursing through my my body I said excuse me and everyone looked up on the train and I and I just started speaking the love of God I said he loves you God loves you he wants you to know he's not mad at you and he wants a relationship with you and I just preached the love of God to these people and uh, I'll never forget it was like one lady came up to me at the end and she goes you have no idea how much I needed to hear that Uh, and everyone else just put their, put their heads down and, and was just like, please God, get me out of this steel tube. <laughs> and, uh, but, but that was the beginning of, of God really showing me, um, who I was in the Lord that I wasn't made for fear, for fear of man. And he was preparing me for, for this ministry that he's called me to. It's so awesome. It's so amazing. Cause, cause you know, I've seen you preach, you know, hundreds of times and every time it's just, it's just so amazing. And then I remember, uh at one time we had you I I called you I remember I I sold you on coming up to Denver for a little while, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. And, thank uh, you for that by the way. Yeah. Twisted my arm. I did I did. And uh so you got to go up there and hang out with the Denver group at Upper Room Denver, which was really different. And so how was that with I mean, because every city's got its own little personality. You, know, you were at Upper Room Dallas, you know. Uh, now you head up to Upper Room uh, Denver. And how was that uh, in, in in conjunction, or or looking at the comparison with with the different, you know, you've got the home base, you got the, you know, UR Global was based there, and then going up to Denver. How was that for you spiritually, and how was it for your audience? Do you think was different? Yeah, I mean, it's doing doing itinerant ministry or going from one body to the next is difficult, right? Because, um, you know, when I minister, I'm not trying to just preach a canned message that um, that I think people need to hear. I, I like to know people. And so yeah, what ended up actually being so helpful, um, I think it was you and the leadership of Denver set up, is that, that I ended up meeting Sunday mornings. I would fly in, I think, Saturday night or Sunday morning mm-hmm. early And then I would meet with a group of people from the community and just talk to them, get to know them, interview them. Where are you guys at? What's what's what challenges are you facing? Um, And that really helped me um, because initially it was. Yeah, it was kind of like, Lord, what do these people need? Um, And obviously they need him. They need the gospel. They need the truth. But 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 you want to know the face of your flock. And so um, I would say it was a great exercise for me of not not just depending and leaning on just something I think I need to say. Uh, but really kind of going, going slow and going low and listening. Uh, yeah, listening first. Um, and so, it, yeah, it, it stretched me, but I, I think it bore fruit. I, I think it, it really knit my heart to, to the people up there in Denver. Um, I was kind of laughing with Christy. I was like, I was like, babe, I was like, I feel so, um, there's such a connection with, with some of the guys up there and, just from a friendship, you know, all the guys, right. Justin and Jonathan right. and Rick and right. just the whole crew up there. And and she goes, you know, she she kind of laughed because, you know, you read the bio, we got five kids. She goes, I think it's because when you go up there, you have no responsibility and you're just hanging out with the guys, you know. And I was like, oh, snap. I was like, that's, that's a good part of it. Like every time I went, I went solo and was kind of just, you know, it was like I was batching it for a few days yeah and a uh, little, little and mini so it, vacation, <laughs> so it really lent itself for me you know cultivating friendships and uh you know whereas here in Dallas it's ironic it's hard to harder to do that with all the responsibilities so well I know I you made a, huge a mark. bomb yeah yeah, absolutely, and I know you made a huge mark on up room Denver, and I uh, just continued to do so and and so tell me about this uh I think it's fascinating I, I love you know, I remember, you know, sitting in there with me and you and the leadership there of Upper Room and, and negotiating your uh demarcation point of of actually being on staff every day at the Upper Room and uh, you wanting to launch this Brave Heart Ministries. How that how did and now you've got this Brave Heart Ministries going and it's really awesome and amazing and, and I want you to share what's going on with that, but how was that birthing that Brave Heart Ministries? It was hard yeah i mean birth is birth is hard um it was painful um i had a word in 2010 um the clearest prophetic word over my life was peter i've anointed your feet to run with the gospel and Mm. so i you know i thanks lord i I wish it was a little clearer than that you know (laughs) it's like it's like it was like a seed i'm like okay what does that mean and so on that word that word had been brewing in my heart for for five years and i thank god for the upper room because that's really where i learned uh you know michael and larissa and our friendship with them and then yeah. laboring for the upper room and just my life being planted in the presence of god and in community um i you know i got to be i was the upper rooms first children's minister i was you know i was kind of like doing whatever yeah. i could learning ministry um, but from that and through our friendship and through just extended period in the presence of God, it was really, really clear. God said, okay, now is the time. I, I want you to run with the gospel. I want you to take what you've cultivated here in secret, and I want you to take it out uh, far and beyond the walls of the church and into other churches. Um, and being on staff, you know, as an associate wasn't going to permit me to do that, you know, wasn't going to permit right, me to right. run.
1: And right. so we
0: all kind of collectively discerned that day at that table with Terry and Truman and, and you. Uh um, yeah. you know, hey, this is this is the Lord. And um yeah. and so it was a huge faith walk, right? Because right. I had a few months to, you know, raise funds and and I had never done that before. And so uh, you know, I think at the time I had three kids, that was two thousand fifteen. So I think we only had three kids at the time. Um, and I was just, you know, Lord, how's this going to work? But, um, I mean, as you know, he's faithful. And, uh, and so we launched, we launched Braveheart Ministries on February 29th of, uh, 2000 and I guess it was 16. Yeah, it was 2016. Wow. That's awesome. And so, and it's, it's amazing ministry. I've watched you grow this thing and I've watched you had different, you know, levels in it and, uh, and working it and it's been really cool. And, uh so tell me tell me what what is the mission the vision for braveheart ministries and what and how do people get a hold of braveheart ministries and find it i know uh you know Stacey and i really we want we we love to you know to pour into braveheart ministries and and help fund it and i want other people to be able to do that because i think what you're doing is so unique and it's so amazing and and god's breathing on this that I want I want our listeners to hear about this Braveheart Ministry and and there's probably some pastors and preachers out there that want you to come and speak at their church as well and uh, there's probably people that want to donate to this too and and just bless you in this so tell us tell us what's the mission the vision what are you what are you doing now with Braveheart Ministries Yeah for sure so it's evolved over the years and gotten a lot more clear and so we we really have one one mission one vision and that's to strengthen the faith of the church. Uh, through the gospel, through the ministry of the gospel of Jesus. And so, um, what that looks like practically is we do that a number of ways. One, uh, through pouring into churches. My heart is to, is to help churches, uh, create a gospel culture, a gospel foundation where, uh, the focus is, is not so much on what our people are doing, uh, but we're really establishing the faith, uh, of the church in who Jesus is, what he's done and why he's done it and so that mm. that practically looks like me you know consulting with churches uh, i've gone in and spent time with leadership and trained them created a discipleship uh, value system uh given them resources and materials to kind of help disseminate that into uh, leadership and, and and trickle down into their body i do that through speaking uh just kind of one-offs here and there uh, though i really like to form you know friendships and relationships with churches, because I think the kingdom, it moves at the speed of relationship, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's good. To, to really, good. to really, to really grow someone in their faith, it requires a heart connection. And that's my desire. Um, and then, and then the other way we do it, Michael, is, and again, you, we can talk for a minute about this, is, is through media. And I have a love-hate with the media. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I've been in, I've been in a lot of tension the last year um, as the Lord's been speaking to me and calling me to really uh, utilize the power of media to reach people for the gospel uh, in a grassroots sort of way, and uh, I'll tell you, I would have thrown in the towel had the people from Ohio or the Netherlands or Pennsylvania not emailed me people who I've never met and said, "Hey, I listen to your podcast. I, I I I consumed this piece of content from Braveheart Ministries, and my life's never been the same." Um, wow. And those testimonies those testimonies caused me to pray. And I said, Lord, if you really want me to do this, you're going to have to bring someone who knows that world. Uh, Because I don't. And I don't. uh, It's like, I know what I know, but I don't know that world. And so I don't know if you just saw, but uh, we just hired Justin Williams. uh, I saw that. That's so awesome. That's so amazing. Uh, Yes. to, To be our creative director and to really like, this is how I'm viewing him. I'm viewing him as a missionary the, to, help, to help Braveheart Ministries reach the world. Um, if oh, the good. gospel is going to go into all the world, Justin, I believe, has the skill set uh, to architect an online user experience for people to engage, truly engage with the gospel, uh, and, and to be transformed. I mean, we're being transformed. People are accessing the gospel through their phones all over the world. And mm. so we're we're doing True. a number of things in that in trying to create video courses and, and just content focused on the gospel with the specific purpose of strengthening the faith of the people. And I keep going back to that because um, I think I think so much of the woes and the division that we see in the church and the sin in the church, it comes back to this one thing um, is the faith, the faith in who Jesus is, what he's done. And why he's done it. Um, and when that's strong, the grace of God, the spirit of God flows and we can grow up into all that he's called us to. So that's kind of, that's kind of my heart and what we're doing. I love that. And Justin is an amazing. He's he's perfect, and I I I I love the fact that he's going to come in here and head this up for you. And uh, he's got genius in this in this space, and so that's so. good. I know Stacy was telling me she saw in your newsletter Justin's over there. I thought that's so perfect. That's such a good thing. And God's timing is perfect, so that's awesome, man. I'm really glad for Justin and glad for you. What? How, how do people get a hold of Braveheart Ministry? Where are you? They can just go to BraveheartMinistries.org, or they can go to BraveheartU.com um braveheart U is really our uh we have another resource that's got a a free e-course uh and some resources there uh but braveheartministries.org is the main site and they can they can get everything they need on there they can follow your podcast and all that yes yeah braveheart podcast is on everywhere podcasts are itunes spotify Awesome. And and make sure that we subscribe, rate, and share. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I, I mean, uh, I, yeah, yeah, it's it's how we get the gospel out. So, uh, I, I'm 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 I've really renewed my mind and turned the corner as I've spent time with the Lord. I really do view this and even what you're doing, what we're doing. Um, we're we're utilizing instead of a two thousand dollar plane ticket to India, I can preach the gospel to people in India uh, through. Through this, and it's happening. I've got a couple. I've got a couple in Holland, Michael. Uh, There's a couple in Holland in the Netherlands, and they tune into my Bible study every Tuesday night, and they've actually Mm. planted a Braveheart discipleship group, uh, which is a passion of (laughs) mine. So they literally, I have a Braveheart group in Holland with people I've never met, but they've been going through my resources for almost a year now. And they said we wanna we wanna disciple other people in this, and so I I resource them. We send them materials, and they're so meeting good. on a weekly ba- basis in Holland. Um, so good, and that blows my that blows my mind. I love it. That's so awesome. I just love the, the the you know the power of our technology. You know, it's like I remember Freeland talking about. You know, he had that dream, that vision with with Jesus with with the HDMI cable in his mouth right and so you know just yeah. to bring this to bring this thing out especially to the millennials the genders the people that are coming into this and to be able to communicate with them and i and i'm like you I mean, I, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with social media as well. I don't, you know, I'm much older than you, but uh, I surround myself with these gensers that, you know, I just, I just tell them say, listen, just give me a daily sheet, tell me what to do and I'll do it because I I have no clue, bro. But uh, so let me ask you this. I want to, God's put this on my heart right now. And I just want to ask you, I want to know, because you're such a, you're just such a great uh, knowledge of this gospel and of this Bible in in such a great terminology that everybody gets. Uh, tell me about anointing. I, I hear a lot about you know God gives us all gifts, right? He gives us gifts, uh, and then but those and those gifts are just given. They're not going to be taken away. But anointing, how how do you come into the anointing of your gift? You know, like you know, like people tell me that I've got a gift to making money, and that's an anointed gift. People. Some people have an anointed gift of singing or worshiping or preaching, like yourself. How do we come into that, and how do we stay into that space of anointing? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, little context. An anointing. uh, You know, they would anoint someone whenever with oil, whenever they were going to become king. So the prophet would go find someone and pour oil in the Old Testament. And mm-hmm. so, in now, in these days, you know, we don't, you know, I think sometimes, to be honest, I think sometimes people just throw that word around, you know, right. when they say they could say gifted, they say anointing, right? And, and I think there's a difference. The anointing, um, to me, is the specific presence and power of the Holy Spirit that supernaturally enables someone to do something that they would not be able to do otherwise. Um, and and so the Messiah is the anointed one. And so if someone wants an anointing, they have to get close to the anointed one because the anointed one has every anointing that there is. <laughs> right. And yeah. so and so I think there can be people, they chase anointing apart from the anointed one for influence because the anointing will bring influence. The anointing real, will bring favor. Um, but the anointing without the anointed one will it ultimately end in 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 it'll end poorly uh because mm-hmm. because Good. it'll it'll you know it just it'll become about you. And so to yes. me my counsel to, to people who are searching for the anointing uh, in their life it's it's usually uh it, it comes from God uh but it comes from the anointed one. And so seek Jesus. Seek Good. Jesus and bring him the desires of your heart um and let him breathe upon uh that thing in your life that 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 you know and you'll discover it because usually it it comes with passion with desire uh there'll be a there'll be a deep inner passion and desire um and and it'll be like man I feel like I'm called to be a musician or a preacher or a teacher um and I think where most people miss the anointing is they they want it to happen quickly uh, david was yeah. anointed three times over 30 years before yeah. he became king and actually stepped into his anointing and so I think so many people get off the path because they get anointed. They're like, I'm anointed and like, you are anointed. Praise God. Now go, now go serve Saul and go, go, go endure (laughs) betrayal and, and go try to get killed. And then you'll be ready to actually walk out your anointing. And so I actually think a lot more people are anointed who don't enter into it because they can't, they can't endure the process. So good, and I. I also, that's so good. I love the way you express that. And, and seek the anointed one. And you know, somebody told me he said, "Listen, McIntyre, if you want to keep your anointing, you've got to get into your secret place and be one with him." Yeah. And yeah, and that's he, it. it. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. And I think you know that's such a wise thing. And 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 you're so correct about David because I mean he did get anointed, but he also had to go out there and take down Goliath. Yeah. He had some things he had to do uh before he became who he was in in the king that he was and and even in that you know he still fell he still backslid he still had issues but he was still a yeah. man after God's own heart which I love that man peter you are amazing and i just i want to encourage everybody to check out peter's web, web uh webpage at braveheartministries.org check it out go there subscribe he's got a great 60 second uh audio to start out and it looks beautiful whoever did your website bro really did a good job it's really beautiful and uh yeah thank I you don't... Yeah, it's amazing. And I know that stuff just doesn't happen. And uh so check out him and, and uh Stacey and I will tie to the Braveheart Ministries from time to time. Uh the Lord uh, brings brings him on our heart. Bless him in this. This guy's got he's amazing. He's he's a godly man, he wants to he does he he, he walks the walk and he talks the talk and so I just ask for you to bless him if you can and uh just keep seeking. Get his books. Where do they get your books at, Peter? Can they get them on your website or Amazon, or where do they get your books? Yeah, they can get them all on Amazon. And I just released that 30-day devotional, Keep the Blood Warm. So that's a, that's a brand-new resource, and it's all on Amazon. Awesome. And you're also doing some uh, – you're kind of a professor over uh, Christ for the Nations right now, too, aren't you? I'm an adjunct professor. Uh-huh. We're doing everything. Come on, man. So that's kind of interesting. I like that professor pastor, man. That's pretty powerful. you uh, see <laughs> that's awesome. You need to put that only, on your Only God. Only God, Michael. Only God. Amen. Amen. Well man, Peter, thank you so much for being here on the next level podcast and blessing our listeners, God, and, and helping us out and just I just we could talk to you for two hours and it would be amazing. So check out Peter are some of you, are some of your sermons on your podcast? Or yeah, your, there's a lot of there's a website. lot of messages on the website and on, the, on okay. the podcast. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Peter. We appreciate thank you spending time with us. Me. Yeah, man. Anytime. We love you. We love your ministry, and we love Braveheart Ministries. Please tell Christy we said hey, and uh, God bless you, brother. I will love you, man. Thanks so much. Hey, friends. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe and share our podcast on apple spotify and all other platforms where great podcasts are found thank you thank you for checking out the next level podcast for more information or additional resources please visit themichaelmcintyre.com